if there's something in your space that you personally care about that you can get involved in that would help you to build relationships in your space, that's really the raw ingredients for SEO. Welcome to Honest E-Commerce, where we are dedicated to cutting through the BS and finding actionable advice for online store owners. I'm your host, Chase Clymer. And I'm your host, Annette Grant. And we believe running an online business does not have to be complicated or a guessing game. If you are struggling to scaling your sales, Electric Eye is here to help. To apply to work with us, visit electriceye.io slash connect to learn more. And let's get on with the show. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to yet another episode of Honest E-Commerce. We're still doing it. Uh, I am your host, Chase Clymer, coming to you from Columbus, Ohio. And today, our guest, Dale, is calling in from Massachusetts, correct? Yes. Cambridge. Cambridge. Cambridge, Massachusetts. Yes. Awesome. So Dale is the founder of Fire and Spark. And he's an expert at one of our favorite topics on the show, which is SEO. Um, Awesome. So Dale, how uh, does... A Brown graduate with a master's in artificial intelligence. You worked at the NSA for a bit. How'd you end up in marketing and doing SEO? Well, so I, I, I guess I had I had the right background. So I studied engineering in college. So after school, I was doing software development, and I've always been interested in AI. Like you said, I studied AI in grad school, and then ended up at a computer startup where we built a supercomputer for the NSA. And um, when I was done with that, I was recruited to an MIT startup here in Cambridge, Massachusetts. And I was recruited as a technical person that would help them figure out digital marketing. And, and I was off to the races from there. That's awesome. That's awesome. So was that, uh, was that in e-commerce or was that just kind of getting into marketing? That was really getting into marketing. It was actually a software company. This was more than 10 years ago, back in 2008. Awesome. I was dropping out of college in 2008. <laughs> That's great. Awesome. Yeah, but now, now we're here. Um, so once you got doing this like technical stuff for, for the software company, where did your passion for SEO come out of? Because there's a million ways to market a software company. Yeah. I mean, I just love the idea of free traffic. So I guess, I guess what I'm not saying is the, the reason why I was, I was hired as a marketer um, coming with my, the technical background that I have is that I've been running online businesses since I graduated from college, which was back in 1999. So there's actually a 19 at the beginning of that year. <laughs> but um, so since then, I've been running businesses online and I fell in love with SEO because I love free traffic that converts and causes checks to be sent to your mailbox every month. So I, I was doing affiliate marketing um, back, back in the day. And that's how I fell in love with uh, free traffic and, and SEO. That's awesome. So I, I also love the idea of free traffic, um, but you know, I guess in the modern day and age, everybody wants it now and they want it fast. And Facebook and Instagram are the big, big thing. But here's the thing: those budgets, when you're spending that money on that ad budget and that budget spent, that traffic is gone. But if you would invest that time and energy and that budget into SEO and trust in the process, as they say, that traffic will be there for way longer. The standing power of SEO is way better than paid traffic. Yeah. And I I think what I would add to that is if you're looking at platforms like 
advertising on Google or advertising on Facebook. Um, Google's pretty much a mature uh, platform right now. So you're, the CPCs are pretty high. You're paying a lot per click. And Facebook is almost there in terms of being a, a totally mature platform, meaning that advertisers have figured it out and everybody's paying top dollar for clicks. So advertising on those platforms is just going to get more and more expensive. And then when it comes to SEO, like when you do an SEO, you have different problems. Like you have the fact that Google is constantly changing, constantly evolving. And you're, and you're basically always trying to hit a moving target when it comes to changes Google's making and, the, and then also keeping up with competitors. But if you, if you get it right, you can get free traffic for a very long time. Um, and, and that's the, the dream that we're all chasing with SEO. Awesome. So let's kind of bring it back to what our audience is interested in, you know, SEO and e-commerce. So I guess first and foremost, I always like to state the obvious that e-commerce is a different monster than like a service business or a software business uh, like you like you previously worked at. Uh, you know, so what are like some of the big reasons that makes e-commerce different from just another normal website? Yeah, a lot. Of, it really depends on what type of site you're running. So if you're a wholesaler selling a bunch of different products and brands on your site, then most likely you're getting product descriptions from the manufacturers of the products. And the thing that you have to be careful about is that that's going to be duplicate content. If there are other people online selling the, the same exact product, um, if you're running a brand and you you do you do have control over the brand, then um, some of the brands that we work with, they have one set of product descriptions that they use on their web website, and then another set of product descriptions that they send out to all the online retailers that are that are selling their products, and that's really just to avoid this duplicate content issue. Um, so that's that's one way. Um, a, another thing that really makes it hard is competition in general. I mean, the the most valuable keywords out there just have a ton of competitors. And a lot of times they're people or, or businesses that have been on, um, like on the web for a long time, maybe a decade or more, and doing SEO that entire time, building up authority. And, and that can be really tough. Um, and I guess the last thing I would say is link building. So it, it really helps SEO if you're, if you're building up backlinks from external sites that are linking to you. Um, anytime a, another website links to your website, Google sees that as an endorsement. So you want as many of those as you can to get authority and rankings. But getting other websites to link to an e-commerce site can really be tough. Um, we Just as an example, we have a client that sells socks and they're novelty socks. You know, a, a lot of them are interesting, but it, it's really hard to do some of the old school SEO tactics where you're sending a lot of emails and you're getting links from, like I would send emails to universities and bloggers and things like that. It's really hard to get them to link to an e-commerce site. Oh yeah, I mean, just on our end from an agency, it's hard to get people to link to an agency website. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I have the same problem with my agency, so I get it. Absolutely. And I can agree that uh, linking to an e-commerce site is... You got to think about it abstractly. Like, what would, Why is this business going to link to a product page? Or you, know, you have to create the content that's external, but also in line with your brand and your goals that people would want to link to. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely tough. Awesome. So let's say that I'm, I'm Joe and I'm selling knickknacks online. Uh, what are the things that I should be doing 
when uh, you know when I'm growing my small business to make sure that I'm just not doing SEO wrong. You know, not the advanced top level tactics, yeah. but like what should I just keep in mind when I'm when I'm building out my site and and getting into this space. Yeah, well, it starts with optimizing individual pages. So starting with the product pages on your site, you want to make sure, obviously, that you have compelling product descriptions that convert well, but we also want them to be keyword rich so that they rank for keywords that our customers are typing into Google. And a lot of times people will brainstorm or research um, descriptive keywords. And, and that's a good thing, but they don't take it to the next level. And what we try to do is to really look at um, pain points that our customers are having, um, use cases for the products and include those words on the page. And then also think about the problem that the product solves and make sure that those keywords are there. And, and an example that I'll give is we had a client that was selling an ergonomic chair and they, they optimized the page for the keyword ergonomic chair. And absolutely that makes sense. But when, when we were looking at the, that particular product page and other product pages um, for the ergonomic chair page, we started thinking about, well, well, what problems does this solve? It's really for people who have back pain or neck pain. And then where could it be used? Well, it could be used in a, a home office or it can be used as an office desk chair, something like that. So when we're thinking along those lines, it really opens up a, a lot more keywords that we could try to include on the page. So that's that's really starting with product pages. And then with category and collection pages, what, what I'm looking at is really making sure that they're useful. So a lot of times for collection pages, um, especially on Shopify, which I know you guys are into, um, they're really just a list of products. And having products with good imagery, good photography is useful from a conversion perspective, but Google is still a text-based search engine. So a lot of times you see this tactic that I endorse um, when it's done well of putting more content on your collection pages, like maybe one or two sentences at the top, and then a bunch more at the bottom below the products. And there, there are ways to do this. And maybe if you do show notes for the podcast, I can include some examples or, or people listening, feel free to reach out to me. I'll send you some examples. Um, there are ways to put more content than just products on collection pages that you're, you're adding keyword rich text that Google will index and send you traffic, but it's actually useful. It doesn't look like you just added a bunch of text to the bottom of your category page just to stuff it with keywords or something like that. Um, and when that's done right, it's beautiful. Like you're you're making your category pages more useful so that they're more they convert at a higher rate. And also you're getting more engagement with your site because people are going to your category pages when they land there and staying on your site, clicking around. They're not immediately bouncing back to Google. And Google's looking for that level of engagement. Absolutely. So I can accomplish this with two sentences, right? Two sentences at the top. And um, I'd love for there to be more at the bottom, but it needs to actually be useful. Yeah. So, all right. So like for a product page description, what, what do you say is best practice as far as length goes? Because you know that's a tactical thing some of our listeners could figure out. Be like, all right, well, I don't hit that number. Yeah. I mean, that for the on-page description, 
it's really about um, conversion. Like you, you want to make sure that because you're you're balancing two competing priorities here. One is that you want to have enough keywords on the page that the, the page ranks for the long tail keywords um, that people are typing in when they're ready to buy. But also you want the description to be compelling, concise, uh, sweetened to the point, lead you to a buy button, get you all excited so you're ready to click the buy button, um, which really has more to do with conversion rate and conversion rate optimization. So I will, I will decline to give an exact number if I had it my way, I would want it to be much longer um, than they usually are, just so that I can include more useful content about the product and more and more keywords. But that doesn't really make sense from a conversion rate perspective, where you're trying to get people excited about the purchase, confirm that it meets their needs, and then lead them to the buy button. Yeah, it's such a fine dance between getting Google to like your website and getting like a conversion rate optimization guide to like your website and then from there making it look good. Yeah, yeah. And and yeah, and having it look good is all about conversion. Absolutely. Support for our podcast comes from our friends at Simpler, a new way to staff 24-7 sales and customer service on your e-commerce store. It works with your existing email and chat platforms. So setup is quick and easy. Simpler's network of on-demand US-based Simpler specialists are standing by to answer your customers' most common questions. Set it up for free today and then turn it on or off depending on your customer volume. You only pay $2.25 for every resolution. No hidden fees, contracts, or minimums. Close more sales with Simpler by staffing your email and live chat around the clock with Simpler specialists. Start your free 7-day trial at simpler.ai slash honest. That's S-I-M-P-L-R dot A-I slash honest. So um, what should... So I got, I'm going to pivot here a little bit. Um, you mentioned in, in the notes here that like a giftable product, uh, how should I be thinking about that when I'm doing keyword research? And that's a very specific type of product, a giftable product. Yeah, I think people um, overlook that. I mean, we had a client selling candles and he was going after candle keywords. You know, people were typing scented candle into Google and every permutation that you could think of. And, and that makes sense. I'm not saying not, not to do that, but I, but I really wanted him to go farther. Um, like I said before, looking at, um, looking at keywords around use cases. So where am I using the candle? Is it for yoga? Is it for meditation? Is it for light? Is it for scent? And then that gives us more keywords. But then getting to your point around giftable products, uh, people usually forget about gift keywords. So there are keywords out there like um, gift ideas for men or gifts for uh, wife's birthday or, or things like that. Um, these are keywords where people are specifically looking for a gift. Um, there's a lot of opportunity to write a blog post or build a collection around those keywords and get some of that traffic. And obviously, during the holiday season, this makes a lot of sense because there are just so many people who are searching for these gift keywords as opposed to searching for the keywords that would be more relevant to the specific products that you sell. Absolutely. And you mentioned something there that I want to touch on, which is the holiday season. So we're in the middle of August now. And this is going to probably come out in the middle of September. If I'm looking to make some plays, some SEO moves on my website, when should I have had them done? Well, I mean, I would be thinking about 
SEO now <laughs> for, for yeah. the holiday season. And, and the reason why the way to think about it is obviously it takes some time to do planning, to figure out what your holiday campaigns are going to be, what content you want to create for SEO, and then what, who you're going to partner with for gift guides, blog posts, influencer outreach, all that good stuff. So that all that planning is going to take some time. But you want the result of that planning to be that you have enough time to create content so that the content is up on your website 45 days before Black Friday. And that's that's really why we're saying like with the clients that we're working with now, we're building out our strategy and content calendars for the holidays. We're we're doing that now in August. Absolutely. I think that's a good note. 45 days before uh, which I know some of you are going to be scratching your heads because this is going to come out almost 45 days before, I think. But uh, if <laughs> get get to work. <laughs> yeah. But where that, where that comes from is when you, when you publish a piece of content on your website, it's going to get indexed by Google and start to rank for keywords that are relevant to that piece of content. And the studies that have come out have shown that um, it's going to rank for more and more keywords over time, over the course of several weeks. But if you wait a full 45 days, it'll rank for all the, or the vast majority of the keywords that it's going to rank for after 45 days. And if you don't give it that amount of time, it, it'll still get indexed in Google and it'll still rank for keywords, but just not as many. So we want to make sure that we have that 45-day lead time for Google to rank it for all the keywords it's going to rank for before people start searching during the holiday season. Absolutely. So here I am. I run my e-commerce business and I'm working full-time. I don't have time to write articles. How do I make content without writing an article? So that's tough, but we're all in that situation <laughs> at yeah. the end of the day. I mean, uh, so writing articles, you know, gift guides for the holidays, whatever it is, that's really a foundational strategy for SEO, just writing a lot of content. What we've been able to to do to kind of short circuit that is to build out collection pages instead, or or in some cases look at look for user generated content, where we're building like a community around our brand or a community around our site, and relying on the community to, to submit questions that we can answer or people in the community can answer that sort of thing. Um, but getting back to the collection page strategy, if you've got a keyword that you want to rank for, like something like. Uh, gifts for toddlers. Um, it doesn't have to be an article. It can really be a new collection page that you create on your site that's really just a, a collection or a subset of your, your products. That's a fantastic idea. Yeah. Well, I like it because if, if you're doing it right, you're still writing some content, at least one or two sentences mm -hmm. on, the, on the collection page so that there's some text. Like Remember, Google is a text-based search engine. So you really want to have some text there, but it but curating a subset of products that are relevant to a keyword like gifts for toddlers is a lot easier than than writing an article. That is a lot easier. So as we as we kind of get to the end here of our awesome conversation, let's talk about you've got an awesome uh, kind kind of a case study for say like what was you know what have what have your most successfuls done to just really get a huge increase in SEO traffic. Yeah, well, um, this is something that I talk about. Not everybody can do it, but this is really like the home run SEO strategy. And you, you're probably familiar with a number of brands out there that 
that have a cause behind them. So, you know, buy a shoe and we'll give a shoe or buy some sunglasses and we'll give away two sunglasses to people who, or, or two prescription glasses to people who, who need them. So, so that's great. That's working for a lot of brands, but you take that one step further as an e-commerce site and do, do what I always call lead a movement. So lead a movement in your space that can really be powerful from from an SEO perspective. And just as an example, there was a site that we were working with that sells baby products. And what what ended up happening was that they were working with a lot of makers who were making handmade baby products. And there was a law that would have come out that was threatening to, to become law that would have forced all of these handmade baby product makers to do $100,000 worth of testing before they could sell these products. So, so what we did was we helped this e-commerce site lead the movement against this law because this law would have put some legitimate sellers out of business. And what that allowed us to do was to interview people in the space, interview advocates, interview people who would have been negatively affected if this if this law came out and we were getting links, which are important for SEO from law firms that were working on this and also the handmade toy Alliance, which is another organization with a lot, with a bunch of authority that um, was linking to us because we were leading the movement against this law. And that's the type of SEO strategy that's going to get you content links and engagement um, that is usually hard for you to get as an e-commerce site. But the reason why you're getting it is because you're engaging in an ecosystem with a topic that they're all really, um, really passionate about. Um, and you're leading the movement um, in that space. That's awesome. And that kind of made me think of the play that Outdoor Voices just made. Are you familiar with what they, what they released about a month ago? No, no. What are they doing? So Outdoor Voices is a big direct consumer brand. I honestly don't know their specialization before this. And now I know it because of what their play. They launched an entire media brand called The Recreationalist to essentially as an SEO play. Okay. It's a whole different website that sends traffic back to Outdoor Voices. But it's all sorts of content related to outdoor, uh, outdoor living and the, the lifestyle of... You know, just getting out there and doing stuff. Oh wow! Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. I would de- definitely say anybody out there who has maybe you're running a brand or or an e-commerce site that's selling a bunch of different brands. If there's something in your space that you personally care about that you can get involved in that would help you to build relationships in your space, that's really the raw ingredients for SEO. Yeah, I mean, it, it comes down to just producing content and. If I'm just going to take a step aside here, this podcast is a content play for Electric Eye. All the videos we make, all the all the articles we write, it's an SEO play. But I really enjoy talking to people like Dale here and and meeting people in our space here. And I'm super passionate about helping people. So it, it's a win-win. Awesome. Well, thanks for having me on. Oh yeah, you were a fantastic guest, and I'll tell, I'll let the audience know. Me and Dale talked for like 20 minutes before uh, before this about all sorts of stuff. So I'm sure I'll have Dale back here in the future. All right, cool. Before we go, let's talk about uh, where can people find you if they want to know more about what you can do and, and about SEO. Yeah, I mean, if anybody has SEO questions for me, I'm happy to talk shop about 
technical SEO, SEO strategy. We do a lot of international SEO nowadays for some global brands. So it's another thing that I love to talk about, but our website is fireandspark.com all spelled out. You can reach me at Dale, D-A-L-E at fireandspark.com. Awesome. Thank you so much. We can't thank our guests enough for coming on the show and sharing the truth. Links and more will be available in the show notes. If you found any actionable advice in this podcast that you'd like to apply to your business, please reach out at electriceye.io slash connect. Please make sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your podcast app of choice.